Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Good morning. On a very rare occasion, Christina will call me and ask me to pick something up from the grocery store. And she rarely calls me to do this because when I walk into a grocery store, I get a deer in the headlights look if I have to find a particular food item. I mean, I know where to go to get a sub sandwich made in the grocery store, and I know where the flowers are in the store, but, but beyond that, I don't know anything. And add to that that the layout of every grocery store is different. Well, it gets confusing. The last time Christina asked me to go to the store to get a few cans of low-sodium French green beans, I took forever to find the green beans. And once I found them, there must have been 15 different brands of green beans. I took up way too much time and finally came home with the right brand of green beans. Christina says this is how she feels if I ask her to pick something up at Lowe's or at Home Depot. So I try to leave the grocery shopping to her and she leaves going to Lowe's and Home Depot to me. However, I have noticed a trend over the years. About this time of year, at the end of January or early February, she'll ask me to pick up something from the grocery, usually something simple like a gallon of milk. And I think there's a motive behind that. This time of year, when you walk into the grocery store, there are in-your-face reminders of the holiday that's coming up in two weeks. Pink and red hearts, balloons, stuffed animals, chocolates, and heart cookies with the word love written on them. The stores make it so there's no way that you can forget Valentine's Day is around the corner. Now, no matter how you feel about the holiday, whether you love it or hate it, love is the theme. Today's epistle happens to be about none other than the theme of the month. 1 Corinthians 13 is called the love chapter. It may be a passage that you're familiar with. You may have heard it read at a friend's wedding or or had it read at your wedding, just as we had it read at ours. Ironically, though this passage is frequently read in weddings and it can apply to romantic relationships, the Apostle Paul wasn't necessarily writing about marriage. This passage about love, believe it or not, was written to an entire community. It was written to the first century church in Corinth. It was written about the year 53 A.D. 1 Corinthians was one of several letters written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. And we have two letters, 1 and 2 Corinthians, in our New Testament. But we know there were at least three letters that Paul wrote to Corinth, and maybe even as many as four. It was about 20 years after Jesus' crucifixion, and about 17 years after his own call to become an apostle, that Paul arrived in Corinth, And there he preached the gospel with clarity, with conviction, and with power. And a community of believers was formed. And Paul stayed in Corinth for over a year and a half, nurturing the young faith of that young community. And then Paul continued his missionary work. He he crossed over the Aegean Sea and went to Ephesus. It was in Ephesus in the winter, about this very time of year that we're in now, that Paul wrote this letter that we call 1 Corinthians. The city of Corinth was educated in in, in a very well-off city. They were located about 40 miles south of Athens. Corinth enjoyed status as the capital of the Roman province. 
they were successful in business and commerce, and they were known for the arts, especially their bronzes and their pottery. And Paul had converted several what would be considered important people in the city to Christianity. And so this started the Corinthian church. And churches at this time didn't look like churches today. There weren't nice buildings for the church to meet in. Instead, the church met in people's homes. The church was in its early days. Christianity was a new movement. So this group were the minority in their city. So this was a new community with a new faith. And Paul establishes this church and then moved on to Ephesus where he hoped to do the same thing that he had done in Corinth. But after he had moved on from Corinth, he received word that that the church in Corinth was having division. They were having some conflict. And the new believers were trying to figure out how to be together and how to be a community. And we began to look at Paul's answer to this last week. Last week we discussed 1 Corinthians 12 where Paul used the metaphor of the body to describe the Christian community. And just as the different parts of our body come together to make a unit, our our head, our hands, our legs, our feet and arms all make one body, well so the different members of the Christian community. We all come together to make one community, to make one church. Paul continues the conversation this week. Okay, so if the, if the believers, group of believers are a body, what holds everything together? What holds the body together? In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says the answer is clear. We're held together in the community of believers by love. It's our love for God and it's our love for each other that connects us one to another so that we are joined, we are united by love. This is the foundation. This is the basis of the community. Apparently in Corinth, some of their divisions were because some segments of the community would try to one-up other members in the community. Some thought their gifts were more important, their service that they did in the community was, was more value and of more importance. But Paul says, wait a minute, you've got it all wrong. If I do something great in the community but do not have love... I'm like an annoying gong or a clanging cymbal. If I'm really smart or I have faith so strong it can move mountains, but don't have love, I'm nothing. If I have the gift of prophecy and understanding Scripture, but don't have love, it's useless. Some people may have been doing some great things in Corinth, but Paul was saying it's not what we do that makes us important in the church. Rather, what's important is why we do what we do. What is our motive? If love is not the motive, then then it really doesn't matter. We work, we serve, we give, we fellowship, and we pray. It's our love for God and our love for each other. That is why we are here. It's why we do what we do. And if love's not the motive behind what we do, then in the end, it means very little. Over the last years, our parish has set goals. And goals are important because they move us, they keep us moving forward and keep us moving in the same direction. By God's grace and with God's help, many of the goals are being met. New mission and ministry opportunities have been started. We've had budget and financial goals. We've had membership and property goals. All positive and good things that we've accomplished together as a community. There's been lots of hard work by lots of people, all of us pulling in the same direction. 
Goals are important. But in pursuit of reaching these goals, we must always remember that the church is called to be a community that first practices love. Love for God. Love for each other. And love for those outside our community. Practicing and sharing love must always be our first goal. It must be our priority. I once heard someone teach about this text, and he said, everywhere you see the word love, to insert your name. That's an interesting exercise, to put your name in this passage. Rather than something abstract, this personalizes Paul's words. And rather than just a letter to the Corinthians, makes these words about us. We read the passage differently when we put our name in the text. So let's try it. Every time I say the word love, replace it with your name. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. Love doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Love doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, hopes all things, believes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. Or what about if we inserted the name of our community? What if we put in holy apostles? Holy Apostles is patient. Holy Apostles is kind. Holy Apostles is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. Holy Apostles doesn't insist on its own way. Holy Apostles is not irritable or resentful. Doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Holy Apostles bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Holy Apostles will never end. When we do that, it changes the way that we hear the passage. These are some of the qualities that we're called to have and and how we're called to be in community with each other. For us as individuals and as a faith community, it's an invitation to live into Paul's words. John Mackey, the co-founder of Whole Foods Grocery Stores, wrote a book called Conscious Capitalism. He describes love as an integral part of any organization. He says, The concept of love has been kept in the corporate closet and kept hidden away because love is seen as being weak. We say, oh, that's just a bunch of idealistic soft stuff and it sounds good, but in the real world, it's competitive out there. It's kill or be killed, and if you're not prepared to do what's necessary, you're going to fail. But that way of thinking is way out of date. We live in a far more complex world of relationships and teamwork and community and family. And love is what unites communities together. Love is what connects a family together, a team together. It's what connects any organization together. Love is what united Christians in the first century. And it's what still unites us in the 21st century. Love is the foundation of our community. It's why we do what we do. We're called to be an alternative community, a community of love. And it's what helps us keep this faith alive. The church in Corinth clearly took the words of Paul to heart and they made it. They worked through their differences, through the tensions of the community. And God's church still keeps going 
2,000 years later. We learn from their first century experiences as we apply Paul's words to our community today. And just as Paul advised the Corinthians, as long as love is at the center of who we are and the center of what we do, the church will remain strong and will remain unified as a community. As Paul said in 53 AD, and the words still apply to us today, love will remain because God's love will not fail. God's love will never falter. God's love will never end. The great gift that we receive is that you and I are drawn into the love of God. And it happens in a way that we may not expect. God continues to use church communities to express God continues to use church communities to share God's love. And our love for each other is part of how God loves each of us. Amen.